0: Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-hosts, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Today we are covering the episode of Loria Bible and Ashley Freeman. This is the last case we will be covering for Pride Month. I know we're supposed to still be doing Eileen, but apparently she has put a pause on her episode. Basically, she wants me and Landon to go somewhere because she needs to show us something, so... Unfortunately, I don't have the time to do that in the amount of time that she wants to do this. So we have to wait just a little while, but we'll definitely bring it your way. But anyways, with that being said, we are covering another case, which is Adam Walsh in her place. We were going to do Adam one way or another.
1: So now we can put it there starting next week. Loria J. Lean Bible was born April 18th, 1983. And Ashley Renee Freeman was born December 29th, 1983. They were teenagers who disappeared in America between the evening of December 29th and the early morning hours of December 30th in 1999 from Freeman's home in Welch, Oklahoma. She was literally born like seven days after me. Yep.
0: Firefighters arrived at the Freeman's home shortly after 5.30 a.m. on December 30th when a passerby reported a fire at the residence. After the fire had been extinguished, the bodies of Freeman's parents, Danny and Kathy, were recovered. Both had been shot to death in close range.
1: Law enforcement was unable to find any trace of Bible or Freeman in the rubble of the home.
0: On December ninth, 1999, high school friends Lori, which by the way prefers that name Lori over Loria, And Ashley had spent the evening together celebrating Ashley's
1: 16th birthday. Loria received permission from her parents to spend the night at Freeman's home earlier in the day. The girls had spent time at a local pizzeria with Freeman's mother, Kathy. Law enforcement determined the fire had been an arson. Inside of the home, the charred remains of Kathy were discovered laying on the floor of her bedroom. She had been shot in the head as well.
0: Just... Before we go into it, I do feel like Kathy, her body was moved to the bedroom. I don't necessarily feel like she was shot there, but anyways, that's just a side note. Initially, no other remains were located, leading local law enforcement to extrapolate that Ashley's father, Danny Freeman, had slain his wife and fled with both girls. Their parked cars were in the driveway of the home with the keys in the ignition.
1: On December 31st, Bible's parents, Lorraine and Jay, returned to the scene, hoping to find any additional clues that law enforcement may have missed.
0: While walking around the rubble, they discovered what appeared to be another body and notified the police. Like, can you imagine, like, you're just kind of looking for clues and then you stumble upon a body? Like the police didn't
1: do that thorough of the job that they missed a complete entire body. That would be insane, actually. Like that shows me that like they really do slack off.
0: Right? Now the second body was determined to be that of Danny. So their suspicion that he had shot his wife and took the kids were done and over because he was also shot in the head
1: execution style. Now imagine being family members going back to the scene of the crime and then being the one to find the other body. Absolutely. They came up with
0: a conclusion and honestly never even genuinely looked at any more evidence. In my opinion, a lot of evidence obviously was burnt away, but I also feel like something
1: could have been salvaged. Now following this discovery, the crime scene was re-examined. Shocker, because now you have to, but yet no sign of the two girls at all nothing was found well there has been nothing
0: from that time until 2018 it was reported that a ronnie dean Busick, age 66 had been arrested and charged with four counts of first degree murder for the deaths of
1: loria ashley and kathy and danny now, two other suspects, Warren Philip or Phil Welch II, died in 2007, and David Pennington died in 2015, were also identified. According to the Washington Post, at least a dozen witnesses claimed all three men bragged about raping and murdering Bible and Freeman and having taken Polaroid photos of them, even.
0: What a group of sick individuals. By the way, Ashley and Lori have both asked me to keep the rape details completely out of this which i totally understand
1: but other than that they're willing to talk about just about anything else now several witnesses alleged that the three men killed the freemans over drug money and that the girls were held captive in welch's trailer for several days before being murdered a female witness who lived with welch for a short time after
0: the disappearance provided a sworn affidavit that she had heard conversations between the three men and they disclosed that the murder victims had owed them money. And then Welch kept a briefcase containing the Polaroid pictures which showed both girls bound and gagged and taped and lying on a bed
1: with Welch lying next to the girls in some of the photos. According to the affidavit, Welch, Pennington, and Busick had claimed to have raped and tortured the girls before disposing of their remains in a pit or a mine shaft in Pitcher, Oklahoma. Now, law enforcement also stated they believe the girls' remains could have been dumped in a cellar that was later covered in concrete. I agree with that. I am going to say that, yes, their bodies were definitely dumped
0: in concrete. Extremely disturbing to see. In the public, the Bible family issued a statement in which they stated that they had been aware of the alleged photographs for years and that all this time it's what they
1: focused on rather than like finding Loria and Ashley. Now after his arrest, Busick told reporters he wished to speak to the Bibles. On April 26, 2018, Bibles mother Lorraine confirmed that she spoke with Busick but that he denied knowing the whereabouts of her daughter or Freeman. Busick pled guilty. I think he did that to, like,
0: screw with the family a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Anyway, he pleaded guilty on July 15th, 2020, to being an accessory to first-degree murder in the deaths of Danny Cathy Kathy and torching of their home near Welch, Oklahoma, and the abduction and presumed slaying
1: of the two girls. He had admitted having withheld information about the involvement of Welch and Pennington. He was sentenced to 15 years for the crime, with 10 of those years being spent in lockup. Listen to this
0: interesting fact. Oklahoma Department of Corrections said that He had been a level four prisoner, which means he was respectful to staff, didn't get in trouble, followed orders, and didn't have an
1: extensive criminal history. So he gets 60 credits per month or two days credit for every day served plus the credit for the time he served in jail. Now, Busick was released May 19th of 2023, so this year, with credit for time served after serving less than three years. Isn't that interesting? Dude gets four counts of murder
0: and gets out in like... Three years. Insane. What I find interesting as well is that when he got out, the police were basically justifying it by saying, well... He gets five
1: years of probation and... Right, I agree. Now on October 7th of 2021, a new search was conducted in the root cellar of a home formerly occupied by David Pennington, one of the deceased suspects accused by the convicted Busick. Investigators claim that Busick kept repeating the root cellar and his stepdaughter alleged that he had forbidden anyone from ever accessing it. News reports after the search wrapped up and indicated it had been yet another dead end.
0: I'm going to comment on that as well. Definitely, like, if I'm going to be completely honest, I feel like there was like a fire pit involved. And then after the fire pit, there was like little bits and pieces and then poured into cement like you would not be able to find their bodies but i think dude didn't want the kids in it because it haunted him it's all i can think of it anyways in 2010 the freeman family
1: initiated court proceedings to have ashley declared legally dead well we are definitely going to get into this case here in just a moment but just for clarity purposes is there any particular reason that we have categorized this as an lgbtq episode
0: absolutely This might be hard for the families to hear because they don't necessarily wanna hear this, but it's the girl's way of coming out, I guess. I see that they definitely had a friendship bond and they did have a very strong best friend relationship, but from what I'm being told, it developed into much more and a beautiful love story, if you will. The two of them loved each other very much and they kept their relationship a secret because of the stigma in the world. And the fact that they're still very young and they were scared, of course. They were literally born the exact same year as I was. And I was in my first female relationship when I turned 21. And even then I hit it. And I remember being scared to come out at that age. As I sit here at age 40, I don't feel that way anymore. At least for me personally. So they wanted to come forward
1: before anything else and talk about their love story. Well, I'm glad that they were courageous enough to come forward with that information. Are they worried that their families will reject this sort of information?
0: It's a risk for sure. I mean, hearing anything above and beyond case details is offensive sometimes. But I know that they both show me that Ashley's parents obviously had died as well with this murder. And they were even not so understanding on the other side after they crossed over for a period but we do find out information by the way of just about anything anything that we want to know once we die so it was kind of like the secret was out of the bag you know and their relationship was exposed obviously when we die we have less care about stigmas but because it was a surprise to them they had a certain type of family they didn't really communicate too much but They weren't necessarily comfortable with the idea because the girls were not really forthcoming. But I mean, why would they be? They also don't blame them, though. They were worried that Lori's family would be uncomfortable with it to a degree. Not everyone, but some of them might be. So they
1: just felt like I was the right medium to do the job. I would agree they never got to be their true authentic selves. And if they were here today, they would be out and proud and able to be free. At least freer than they were back in the 90s. They want to talk about when they had met. They had an instant connection, said that they
0: were best friends basically from the start. They didn't necessarily have a completely romantic relationship before they passed away. But they do show me that things started to progress in that manner. Maybe a first kiss. (laughs) They were just in love with each other, but they couldn't necessarily express it. They did hold hands a lot and laugh a lot and watch movies together, make jokes about how they would, you know, never ever find anyone better. And they hated the same people. They loved the same people. Ashley didn't necessarily fit in with the school crowd as much and everyone loved Loria. Not to say that they didn't love Ashley too, but there was just, everyone was more drawn to Loria. She didn't care that anyone didn't really like Ashley as much as they liked her, but they also respected Ashley a lot more because of Lori. She wanted to tell everybody that Ashley made her into the person she was. She says that she faced a lot of her insecurities because Ashley always made her feel good about herself. She had confidence because of Ashley, and they want everyone to know that
1: they're together and happy. Well, I definitely like romance too, so it's happy that they're together.
0: Oh yeah, they genuinely finish each other's images. (laughs) One will send me an image and then the other one will tweak the image so that like they complete it for me. It's actually pretty
1: cool. Are they ready to talk about what took place?
0: Yes, it's interesting because they don't really want to talk about their deaths too much or what took place after they passed on because they've come to terms with it since it happened so long ago, but they know that these details are important for Ashley's
1: family, which is why they're coming forward. Now, there's a lot of speculation that the convicted killers of Tommy Lynn Sells and Jeremy Jones, they had confessed to murdering them, but subsequently recanted their admissions. And Jones claimed that he murdered Freeman's parents as a favor for a friend over the drug money then took the girls to Kansas where he had shot them through their bodies into an abandoned mine. Now I know that they made a statement that they had fabricated this story so that they could get better food and additional phone privileges in prison. Now, was there any truth to this? From what I gather
0: now, a lot of conversation did flow through the prison because for whatever reason, Everyone knew that this did have to do with like a drug debt by the Freeman's parents. So that's probably why the police were like so quick to jump on that. Now, sadly, I believe it to be her father that was involved in the drug side of things more so than the mom. I feel like this person, which we'll talk about them later on, was kind of fishing around for other people to be the ones to kill Danny and Danny's wife initially. Now, there was a lot of debt and there was a lot of money missing. Ashley's telling me that it looks like Danny did more of it than Kathy, but Kathy did protect like Danny a lot of the time. It appears as though Danny was getting deeper and deeper and deeper into the drug dealing situation and addiction and I don't necessarily feel like the family knew too much. Kathy did a little bit but she didn't realize he was totally in debt. Anyways from what Ashley shows me Danny was doing some more drugs and selling drugs and he was trying to get away with it. I even feel like he blamed someone else for it. So the drugs went missing and the money went missing and he's like oh I don't know who took it man and Obviously, they're coming for him, you know. I do think that ultimately he continued to lie and lie and lie and unfortunately signed his own death certificate. He knew that these people were coming after him and his family, but he completely ignored it. And no one really had any
1: inclination other than him. This sounds like the movie The Goodfellas. It sounds like the movie The Goodfellas? Yeah, this guy Danny, he has kids and he has a wife and everything and he starts selling drugs and getting into that and all this shit. And they end up coming after him because he was doing the drugs and not selling the drugs. <laughs> oh,
0: well, I've never even watched that movie. I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. But we should watch it one day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so Danny, the father, had a feeling that his family was in danger and he had said nothing. That is right.
0: Uh, He loved his family, but why did he ignore it? You know, anyway, his daughter feels bad about bringing this up because she's very protective of her family. And so she's very weary on what she says. But from what I gather, he really just kind of ignored all of his family responsibilities because he was just simply that addicted. Well, of course. So what else happened? I believe that the girls had just laid down to sleep not too long before the house was engulfed in flames. But from what they both show me, these men came into the home. I do believe they had lighter fluid with gasoline as well. I'm not entirely sure how, but I see them like pouring it out everywhere. They took the parents out of their beds and they took the girls out of their beds. And I think they tied them all up, it was like very poorly done, like with duct tape. There were three people in total, which is interesting because I got these visions before I had seen that there were three people involved. So I was like happy to know that I was on the right track there. Now, one person was tying up the girls. One was bringing them down and the other man was trying to bring the parents down. And then from what I believe that third person that was just hanging out in the living room had been pouring gasoline and lighter fluid everywhere. I feel like the guy in the living room who was pouring the gasoline everywhere was like the head honcho. He was the main guy.
1: Now, were any of these people Ronnie Busick?
0: Yes. It's interesting because I know that the other two people were Warren Phillips, a.k.a. Phil, and also David Pennington. You know, it's crazy. Like, all three men stayed and were, like, playing with them for a little while. How so? The main one, Ronnie, he was the one in charge of all the little details. He was the one who wanted to kill the girls first. He had planned to kill them. He was going to do it in front of the parents. However, Danny had made a statement that if they allowed the girls to survive, that he knew people that he could get their money back. And he made it seem like if the girls survived, he would get this money back. I keep seeing that Ronnie... Wasn't completely convinced about this truth, but he decided that, you know, if Danny was dead, his debt is paid off one way or another. But, you know, maybe they can get a little money back in the deal. So they decided to follow along with what Danny said. Now, from what I can see and what the girls were showing me and from what Danny was showing me, there was like a phone call that went out to another friend of his who was also in the drug ring. And he said, hey, you know that money you owe me, you need to pay up and save my daughter kind of thing. And he told them that he'll show up with this money at this date and this time. So it's kind of what I see on that side of things. What happened next? Now, they were making all these promises like, oh yeah, we'll keep the girls alive. But they were also like whispering to each other, like they know our identities. We're not going to tell anyone, but we're going to kill them anyway. Like, we're going to say we're not going to kill them, but we're really going to
1: kill them. Looks like all they gave a shit about was the money.
0: Yeah, which, by the way, I do have to commend these women. I know that they were young 16-year-old girls, but they just about got away. More about that later, though. They want to talk about what took place next in the household. They unfortunately witnessed Kathy and Danny's death. And from what I can see, they were murdered before... They had set up the home in flames. And from what I'm being told by the girls, they were enjoying the arsenic side of it like it was turning them on. But more so than that, they were trying to, I don't know, char any evidence they had in the home because they were very messy. The girls, of course, were distraught and really unable to register any of this. But they did have their hands and legs tied up and Eventually, they had their legs untied just so that they can walk to the vehicle. They locked them in the vehicle as they set the home on fire, and everyone watched it burn for a little while before taking off. Now, the most terrible type of trauma possible. So, what happened after that? They ended up going to his trailer. And from what I can see, this was a little bit more on the secluded side, although I do feel like there were. Considerable amounts of like witnesses, obviously, that came forward anyway. But from what I can see, they weren't in a discreet place. It was less people than like a neighborhood, but it was more people than they would have liked. Anyway, I don't believe that the other two men had too much to do with it. So they just kind of took off while they all waited and figured
1: out what they were going to do next for a while. Well, at least one of them walked away from that
0: yeah one of them was more so the arsenic in the situation i don't believe he physically killed
1: the parents i feel like he was the one who was like setting the house on fire all right so what happened when the girls got into the trailer
0: i know the men left but eventually they ended up coming back a couple days later but anyways obviously there was a relationship to drugs so it was extremely difficult for them to keep these girls alive in that trailer They had people constantly knocking on the door, trying to obtain drugs. From what the girls show me, there were multiple people that had seen them. And since they would uh, walk into the trailer, and although the girls were somewhat hiding to the side on the ground, it was easy for people to see them. And they were telling me they're also not quiet. They weren't screaming, but they were whimpering loud enough for people to hear. And everyone just looked over and ignored and basically there was also a gun kind of directed pointing at both of them uh, at some point as well. First they did take breaks to sleep and go to the washroom and I don't believe that there was really any place to shower but at least they got some food. They basically kept the guns the girls most of the time though.
1: Now all these people saw them and they did absolutely nothing. What a great, fantastic world we live in. Right, Ashley says that they... Don't blame
0: the others. If they had ratted out their drug dealer, then how would they be able to get drugs in the future? They weren't going to cut off their supply. They are drug addicts, and that's something Danny struggled with. So they feel for these victims. I feel like he had the cheapest drugs around as well, which, I mean, marketing value, probably really good for the people of all kinds. So these girls really had no time to try to even escape. Now I see that the girls were quiet and only communicating in very small ways. They started to get creative and they would write on each other's hands to make words with their fingers. I believe at some point they even would try and overtake this one guy with the gun, but I think it was closer to the end. Anyways, when these guys would go outside... That's when they had their moment to loan. Normally when they were doing like bigger deals, she said that this happened about 15 times a day. And from what she shows me before Danny had been killed, he gave the number of the other drug dealer to this person so that they give them the money so that they can provide proof that the girls were still alive, which is where the Polaroids come into place. I know that they were talking about raping the girls and stuff, but that was initially the reason that they had taken the photos was to show that person, hey, I
1: still have them alive. Wow, so in the back of my mind, I'm just rooting for these girls to get away, you know?
0: Ah, Trust me, I wish there was some way that people in danger could telepathically summon me, and then I can help them. I wish that was a thing. I want to
1: make it a thing. (laughs) That would be very interesting.
0: It really would be. Anyways, the girls tried to think about a way to run. Get out because they were both really quick on their feet and good runners they were both hoping that they could get free and just be able to go they also tried to talk them into it and convince them that they were better off alive and that they would get the money and they would work for them and sell drugs like they made promises left right and center they would make lots of money for him and I feel like Ashley felt so incredibly terrible because I mean not only the love of her life is you know Lori but Her best friend that should have never happened to was going to suffer over something that her family did, you know, so she
1: just feels like she happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, of course, she wanted to get her freedom for her uh, before herself because she was selfless. She
0: absolutely is. Ashley said that after these three days, this drug dealer never got back to them and they decided that this was the night that they were gonna kill them. They were trying to escape one last time, Unfortunately, Ashley shows me that she told Lori to run and then she was shot in the head. Both of them were still shackled, by the way. Their legs are free and Lori stopped mid-run, turned around and fell to the ground as soon as she had seen Ashley hit the floor. She then screamed out, from what she showed me, it sounded like a dog yelp. And then these three men basically killed her as well. And of course, there was... A big ruckus and everyone in the area came to see what the heck was going on and in that moment one of these men decided to make a very big decision that is pretty disturbing he took his german shepherd and decided to shoot him right in that moment so he had something to bring back to make everyone not worry so he killed his own dog what a fucking sick twisted fucker absolutely His main goal is that he didn't want to get caught. He changed his number. He then sent out his own minions to kill the other guy that didn't give him the money. So he ended up dying too. There were a few people that were witnesses and they started to grow a conscience. And that's why they told the police what happened. And that's when an
1: arrest happened. But like years later. To add, only one of them is going to be going to jail,
0: though. Absolutely. I wished all three of these men had gone to jail, but it was good that the mastermind behind the whole thing was definitely the one behind bars, but I feel like it's his
1: dog. His dog was the one that got killed. Of course, because he's a sick freak. Now, one woman had said that the girls were bound and gagged and laying on the bed. Do you know if the girls were actually on the bed?
0: I see that they were moved to the bed sometimes, perhaps, you know, in those moments where he was hurting them but I don't see that they spent a lot of time on that bed. So maybe when that woman happened to be around they were just there? I assume so yes but they were mostly on the ground from what they show me. Tape was definitely used and they didn't use tape on their mouths because they were quiet most of the time. So what did they do with the body? I feel like they're never going to really give the location of the bodies like I mean I know it's that cellar but like they won't be able to determine it it's just it's been too long and like it's almost like the bodies don't exist anymore they won't find it they might hit with dogs and stuff but they just don't feel like they're gonna
1: find anything all right so is there anything else that the girls want us to know
0: danny and kathy they wanted to apologize to Lori's family because they felt extremely responsible for their daughter's death and they struggle with that every day especially danny Everyone just wanted everyone else to know that it was not their intention for any of that to happen. Danny was only a dealer because he wanted to be around the drugs to consume it, and it consumed his entire life. He really didn't care about anything other than the drugs. He was extremely addicted. I think meth was the main thing. Even though he knows that people were coming after him, he still decided, unfortunately, nothing I can do. I'm just going to keep doing my drugs until they come for me.
1: Well, thank you very much for all that and for Ashley and Loria for joining us and for sharing their story and letting us be their safe space. Now, next week, guys, we have a little bit of a switch. We will be posting Adam Walsh's episode instead of Eileen. As we stated above, she wants to take us somewhere. So we have to go do that before we can do her episode. So we will just be producing Adam Walsh's episode. And then the following month, we will start off in July with Jelani Day. So looking forward to all these new episodes we have coming. So thank you guys for all being here. And if you guys aren't a part of the patron side of the podcast, it's highly recommended because that is where Adam Walsh's episode will be posted. Until next time, guys, stay freaked out.